it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Uh, drinking out of a fire hose a little bit. You can kind of picture that. Um, no, it's been like the most rewarding part is being back around the high school coaches. Um, like, shoot, I got to see Claude Mathis, Scott Stewart, Hank Carter, dear friends of mine, mentors of mine. You guys saw like a, a tweet I put out about a week ago about high school coaches are my heroes. Well, that's like, that's true. You know, I believe in high school football. I believe in the high school experience. Well, I think anytime you surround yourself with great people and, and uh, it's amazing what those good football players will do for a guy's career. And, and we did have a great deal of success, which offers, uh, provides opportunity. Uh, but the timing wasn't right. Some of that was family related. Uh, my kids are older now, I've got a senior son. Um, and at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's Coach Matt Rule, a great staff that I've had a chance and a pleasure to get to know in the last month and a half. And it's the University of Nebraska that's different. Wake up, people. It's Friday here on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. He's Damon Benning. I'm Andrew Rogers, and we are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. And, DB, I know what you're thinking. I, I know why you like Garrett McGuire. I mean, whenever he – I don't know if I whenever, do yet. Whenever he hypes you up like he does, <laughs> I mean, you drink out of fire hoses all the time. Yes, so, sir. So we know that uh, because he made that reference, it was – it pulled at your heartstrings a bit. No, of course, it was the high school side of things when he talked about how high school coaches are kind of his people. Yeah. It's uh, it. Drinking out of a fire hose a little bit. <laughs> is that in between pop tarts and honey buns or hey, what? Hey, why don't you ever give me pop tarts and honey buns? Buddy? Well, you had your own pop tart yesterday. Yeah, but I have to bring my own. Why aren't Why aren't we hanging out with pop tarts and honey buns? So I have a box. I just don't know how old it is. Is it on the brand or off the brand? It's on brand. Okay. Um, I can you buy pop tarts plain label? Uh, yeah, everywhere. Are they good, though? No. Say that's, okay. No, that's so, why I so was add, asking. So add Pop-Tarts to the list of things you cannot buy plain label. No. Uh, Any, like breakfast <laughs> items for me, too. Cereal, same way. I can't, do, I can't cereal? do the opera. Wait, who are you, Coach McGuire? Man, did he sound young. So he's He the, is me. He's the first guy whose vocabulary didn't. Didn't fit the persona? No. Right. No, it, sound, it sounded very He's young. ahead of his time. Which is fine. Like, I, I couldn't care less because here's the deal with that group at wide receiver. <laughs> I don't know if you fine folks know this, but it's going to be all about relations. Oh, right. is it? He can, I'm, he'll be fine teaching. But you, you have to – because it's just a position. It's a lot like running backs except a little worse. Right, we're just prima donnas by nature, and I, it, it it's just a it's just a different vibe to the room. I, there's lots, plenty of knockdown dragouts, and it was fortunate that we had some tough guys that could handle their own. But like when you have high maintenance running backs and high maintenance 
wide receivers, you need some guys to keep them in line. You know, so we had kind of that dirty, gritty, mean-spirited offensive line and a super mean-spirited defense. So the checks and balances were always good. And and what I hope for Nebraska, I really do, because I think there's something to this, Drew Down. I want good old-fashioned competition within practice because for like 10 years, I've watched the defense literally just just punk Nebraska's offense. I mean, pretty much. I think the last – I mean, there were some guys to clap back a little bit, but it was like it's like old heads, you know, like Brandon Riley and um, some guys like that come to mind that just wouldn't put up with it. Um, you know, Trey Palmer tried to bring it back, but – I mean, you aren't far enough removed from, like, Deontay Williams and Cam Taylor Britt. I mean, Dismuke, those guys would bark. People would be like, ooh, not messing with those guys. I'm like, man, come on, right? Like, we need some balance here. Oh, yeah. We need some balance. They throw shade at you, you throw it back. Right. You just can't can't be acting like that at practice. So I hope that – because I think it's part of it, the whole fearless thing that I like, the competitiveness – like, you have to be able to give as good as you get mm-hmm. in practice. So I hope he brings that to that room because he's going to have some young guys. Um, and I'm hoping, and he's been quiet this offseason, I'm hoping guys like Marcus Washington, um, you know, kind of steady the ship because he's a lot of things and a tough guy and not a fake tough guy. So right. I, I just I just hope he brings that presence back, mm-hmm. that – that when you're in that wide receiver room, um, it means something. I don't worry about that at all with the running backs, though, because Bartha will have those guys. <laughs> well, and, you know, as you mentioned, that, that friendly competition that you're looking for, he at least alluded to that yeah. in his presser because it, it's nice to have that relationship with Evan Cooper. And, and we've known about this for a couple of weeks now because they internally have their own workout competitions, which then that carries over – to the practice field and he said don't worry like we're gonna take care of coops dbs like we're 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 going to make sure that we compete and you know there may be a little side bet action going on between me and coop i was it was kind of it's weird right it's refreshing in this weird sort of way you don't think much of it i'm glad you caught it because coop's one of those guys i don't know him that well yet but he's he's one of those guys that i know for sure is confident like he walks he's, – he's a confident guy. I think most of them are. And he's got a good group, relatively speaking, in terms of maturation and playmaking ability. So I could see those guys just being off the chain, right? It's – I mean, because most of your dogs that you know of that are returning are on defense, right, with Reimer and Henrich and Ty Robinson and, and Butler and – I mean, that's secondary. Malcolm Hartzog. They, they just – I mean, a lot of the fellas, Miles Farmer, those guys are on the back end. So it's like, I don't know, Fleeks, Washington, you guys have to come on down because they can make life miserable for the young bucks. And I think Nebraska is going to have to have a couple young wide receivers step up. That's hey. why I'm excited about Fedoni with, with Bob Wager because right. Fedoni, if he's healthy – is not going to put up with a lot, right? I, I, I just – I kind of like what's brewing from a competitive standpoint. And to touch on the, the wide receivers just here one more time, I'm, adding Billy Kemp is going to be something that 
ultimately pays off in the long run, whether it's you get the production on the football field or you get that leader that you're leader. looking for in that room. He's been setting the tone already just in the weight room, mm. putting forth that strong work ethic. And it's, and it's starting to become contagious with others in that room. So having a guy like him, too, is huge. And, and McGuire knows that. McGuire rests about the same age as, as Billy Kemp. Yeah. So it wouldn't shock me if they're like 1A, 1B in this whole effort going through the season. But then furthering your, your point on uh, Fedoni, I, I really liked how Wager even said, hey, great players pop out in advance, and he's <laughs> one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they all lay in the cut saying, play, play clip three from Coach McGuire on – He's talking a little bit about on his experience at the professional level. Well, what was awesome was I dealt with guys that were a lot older than me. You know, one of the dudes I coached was Andre Roberts, who uh, he made league minimum, which, yeah, league minimum's a lot of money, but he also owned nine Zaxby's. So that was like a part-time gig for him. Um, but, no, seriously, I was That's around awesome. the best of the best, like DJ Moore, Baker Mayfield, LaVisca Chenault, who I actually played with or uh, played against in high school. Um, you know, like I was on the phone with DJ this morning and got to say hello uh, to his two-year-old daughter, who you guys get a chance to go look her up on Instagram. She's two going on 25. Um, but, no, I, I loved every bit of being in Carolina. And so if you just close your eyes and listen to the voice, the young guy. But if you listen to – if you get past that and get to the words – well, he's lived a lot of lives, it seems. Right? It's, it's okay to be young, and it's also it's also pretty okay to be ahead of your time. Yeah. And that's Garrett McGuire. And there's a well, lot of people like that. Ahead of the curve ball. Well, uh, yeah, which was funny <laughs> because it's just curve. Uh, <laughs> Stickler. <laughs> well, because when he said it, I'm like curveball. You know, I'm just typing away as I'm doing something else, and I'm like. Is Will Bolt at the podium or no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's still Garrett McGuire. Although maybe there are some curveballs coming his wide receiver's directions. Who knows? But that's why I really like McGuire too because I can personally relate to him mm -hmm. on more levels I than knew, one. I knew you would like him. Right? Yeah, there are so many confident. Well, you know, there's other coaches that I admire. Like I admire Matt Rule. I admire Tony White. I admire Evan Cooper, even though, like, I just went down, like, a list of age there. But there's not a lot of people that relate mm -hmm. to me and, and to a lot of other young Nebraska fans out there. But that's Garrett McGuire. You can see yourself hanging with that person. You can when, – when he tells a story, there's similar stories to what you have, to what you know. When he made reference to the 2009 Big 12 championship at the end of that presser, like, that was my first memory, too, being somebody that's out of state. Yeah. Watching them play against Colt McCoy. I, and as I thought about it, I'm like, the man, BCS. you know, I didn't really realize how much into Big 12 football I was growing up because Mizzou was in the Big 12, and they were successful from about yeah, 2005 Pink, to 2008. Pink, Pink was legit. And then it was, oh, now I'm into the Heisman Trophy ceremony when, you know, Bradford and Colt McCoy and was it Tebow that year I think we're all neck and neck for it and then Bradford gets taken by the Rams and it's like there was so much connection to where I grew up but then it allowed me to follow along the next season and be like oh I didn't really pay attention to Nebraska like you can read about history but when you're 
when was that, nine? So I would have been 12 years old. When you're 12 years old, you're not paying attention to what happened when you were born. So when you watch Nebraska play in a Big 12 championship game and you're like, oh, they're 22 in the nation. Because that's what you pay attention to, right, when you're a young kid. You don't really pay attention to, oh, look what they're doing on the football field. Here's what's good. Here's what's bad. You're, you're looking at the, uh, the play calling styles. No, you're looking at the, the ranking and you're like, that's a good team. Mm. I'm going to root for that team. Mm. That's my team. Not to say that Nebraska was my team, but it allowed me to kind of have some sort of a connection and understanding with Nebraska. 2009, that was for me. That was the same for Garrett McGuire. So it's great to have somebody to relate to whenever you look at history. I go back, I go back to what T-Max said yesterday, uh, my buddy, because he kind of encapsulated in just a little bit of text he brought the whole thing together, kind of what we've been saying for the last 9, 10, 12 years versus what we see right now. And it was in reference to what makes this staff believable, right? It, you're like, I ain't drinking any Kool-Aid. I was on the Matt Rule hype train since July, my guy. And I was like, yeah, that's right. He was number one in your top five, and I didn't even right when have he got him. Canned. I didn't even have him in my top five. I was like, I don't know. I think it's going to be a popular thing, but I don't know, right? I kind of had mm-hmm. – You had reservations. I, yeah, well, I, so it wasn't – and I remember what I said. I, it wasn't so much reservations about him as much as I felt like there were other guys that would be quicker – Good like, explanation. Ready to go. What I mean by right? reservations. Because I was like – I go, I, I, think so, I think a lot of people like him. I'm hearing that. I'm hearing that. And, but I didn't put him in my top five. But I go back to when T-Max said – this he's ex, coach rule is experienced these are his guys he said no one on his and this is huge cuz tell me you're not hearing this yesterday with wager and mcguire they're an extension of coach rule there's no doubt about it they don't get at they don't get to the podium and say something different the way i walk the way i talk it all matters. And he, act is Coach Rule's DNA. My That's man what said, was said. They, what, they're talking about 1%. So, and, and, and I remember, you know, T-Mac yesterday, he said, no one on the staff is second-guessing him, and he isn't threatened by anyone on the staff. One united voice. I'm going to get back to something that Coach Rule said the other night. He talked about common language adding discipline. Common language adds discipline. It builds in discipline because you can hold people accountable and it's a cultural checks and balance. Like, are we, are we vibing on the same deal, right? The staff sounds like they're on the same deal. You remember those press conferences sometimes? And this will be the last time I do this uh, today where I compare and contrast former versus current because that's not really my point as much as what I think you need to be successful you would hear one guy say something at one press conference. In the very next press conference, a different guy would say the, something completely different. Yeah, that may hey, or may we, not contradict it. We practiced against that. No, we didn't practice against that. This is what we did in practice. No, that's not what we did in practice. This is what we want to do. We want to run the ball. Hey, you know, we got to throw it around. You're not going to hear mm-hmm. that. So, and it's funny. Uh, you know, I, I know a buddy that, that, that teaches time for two coaching, DJ Rezac, and he's always talking about common language. And he said, you know what's, what I don't understand about people in positions of leadership is they always want to fast forward to the shared purpose, the outcome. Hey, what's the desired outcome? 
well, we want to do this. A lot of people can know where they want to go and be unified in it. Hey, this is what we want to do for the show. Hey, this is how we want to grow the digital platform. Hey, but how are you using the common language and the protocol of discipline to get you to where you want to be for the shared purpose? You cannot have shared purpose without having common language. You have to know that we're, ta- that we're vibing the same because it builds in accountability and discipline. Coach Wager, Coach McGuire yesterday, they sound like everybody else on the staff in terms of delivering their message. And trust me, they couldn't be, not all of them, but they appear to be very different in their personalities. Now, could I see Coop and, and Satterfield going to shoot the breeze? You know, yeah, absolutely, because I think they'd get along. But I, I think they'd have vastly different interests, except they have one thing in common. They love football, right? That's, that, that's the shared purpose. The common language, they talk the same. Mm-hmm. 100%. It, it, like, it, and, it's, and I just don't know why people in positions of leadership won't do the work on the front end. It's like denying the post or getting up underneath a defender to keep low post, post, low post pass entrance, 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 entries from happening in the post. You hear coaches say, do your work on the front end. Do your work on the front end. The shared language is hard. It is. Because it has to be ingrained and implemented in the culture. And sometimes it seems tedious. And, yeah, it comes across as a little sloganerish, and there's too many sayings. And, man, you sound just like the – I'm mm-hmm. telling you, though, all good companies have it. Go to good businesses. Watch business models. They sound a lot of same. They sound a lot alike. And, and leaders' jobs are to find the varying degrees of personalities that fit within the context of the common language. That's what good leaders go out and find. You know what I've been saying? I've been beating the dead horse, DB, the CEO take. Like you talk about a good business. <laughs> we talk about Matt Rule being a CEO. He's planting a good business. Shane, can you play McGuire 9 for us? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Well, we have this thing. We want to get 1% better, and I like to do that every single day. Um, you know, I, what, what's cool about my room is I, they're, they're hard workers, and they are competitive. And you can see that on tape, you know. Uh, watching some last year's tape, watching guys that have been other places, uh, whether that be other conferences or other schools. And so that standard's already set of how they want to play. And then you add our brand of football, you know, being the toughest, hardest working, most competitive team in the country. That's kind of what I want to look like in April. That's essentially everything that you were just saying. Because what happened, what happened yesterday, what we reacted to Matt Rule saying at the coaching conference, yeah, or, the, or Marcus Satterfield the, or Tony White, the, the, 1%, the 1% better. Uh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, the very next day, it's, look, it's not coincidence that Garrett McGuire is using the exact same language. They are all on the same page. Shane, play uh, Wager 4 for me, please. Well, uh, no question that there'll be a great learning curve for me. Um, But I have been a head coach for 26 years. I've been a high school coach for 31. Um, With that has come all different types of human beings, different types of kids, different types of coaches, different types of schools. And and so I hope that experience gives me the opportunity to bring some value to the program and, and bring some value to the coaches and kids that are in it. 
finding the right guy within their personality to accentuate what you're doing, but it has to go along with the common language mm-hmm. and the shared purpose. The goal was the first clip, getting 1% better every day. What I want to add to that goal is what Wager said right there. He admits that he's not 100% perfect. You can't get 1% better every day unless <laughs> you, you have answers. unless you're already there, unless you have that mastery that we talked about. And, and even if you do have oh, mastery. Oh, number 4 in terms on, of the learning Exactly, the, in, in terms of the learning curve. Recruiting will come easy for Wager. No doubt. He's with, he was a high school coach for multiple decades. What they win 143 games yeah, in 17 it's pretty, years. Yeah, pretty pretty okay if you ask me. But nobody on this staff pretends to be something they're not. It's eight and some change a year, right? Yeah. Well, Gosh, I need Jamie. Carry the two. Hey, you do the math while I say this. Here, here's something that this all reminded me of. Do you remember the quote in Pursuit of Happiness when Will Smith goes into the boardroom meeting and he's wearing a painter's shirt? Yeah. And it's there's a you know he's. All, all, all different types of stains on it, right? And he says, I'm not the type of person that if you ask me a question and I don't know the answer, or I'm sorry, I am the type of person that if you ask me a question and I don't know the answer, I'm going to tell you that I don't know. But I bet you what, I know how to find the answer and I will find the answer. That encompasses this, this staff entirely. If there's a learning curve to be done, they're not afraid to find the answer to reach that point. Hey, if you don't like this coaching clinic, tell me. If you if give me some feedback on what we're doing differently. Hey, listen, if I think we're going to win, if we don't win, there's one thing I'm going to do, I can promise you. I'm going to own it. I'm going to try to get better. Those were the words of the head coach, right? If when you're admitting um I, I call it dis, I call it disarming, right? When you're just authentic and you're mending character flaws and where you need to get better and what you're not good at and knowing yourself, like you give yourself a chance to have success, right? Because Coach Rule talked the other day about mission versus purpose. He said there are two distinct things and they need to be clear, clear. The mission is to win championships. That is the mission. Make no mistake about it. It's to win championships. The purpose, though, is to teach, develop, and grow. If not you, then who? Right? So he wants it to be the coaches. Teach, grow, and develop. And I'm just thinking to myself, he just said in five minutes what I spent probably 60 shows giving analogies about. Hey, such and such, you can't be so outcome driven. You have to fall in love with the process. That's fancy for saying there's a difference between the mission and the purpose. The mission could be to kill the rhino, right? Go bag the cheetah, go grab the lion. But what do hunters do? Man, they fall in love with the process, Getting the bow ready. What kind of weaponry are we using? What's the course? The camaraderie. The the grind of getting ready for the tracking. It, like That's how they can repeat it over and over and over again. And when you have a good distinction between mission and purpose, it sounds like a what model? Oh, that's right. It sounds like a business model. <laughs> oh, is this a business? 
Do they operate like a business? I I just you, you heard it yesterday. Mm-hmm. You you heard it yesterday, and I'm just like, I get it. They're his guys, and he he didn't just luck into this, but you have to work at it. You you have to work at it. If you're still out there wondering why certain people are on this staff, just know they probably had on some really nice pants. <laughs> when they interviewed. (laughs) Shane, nice work there. Thanks for having those clips ready. We'll set up the show and talk to Mike Schaefer here on Coffee and Cream next. Stay with us.